Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pelleta. Another day of records on Wall Street with the Dow advancing 167 points, up 7 tenths of 1%, all about encouraging earnings reports from manufacturers. S&P and NASDAQ also higher today. S&P up 4 to 25.69, up 2 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ up 11, also a gain of two-tenths of one percent. Tenure down 14.30 seconds, yield 2.42 percent. Gold down four-tenths of one percent to 12.77 the ounce. West Texas Intermediate crude up 1.2 percent to 52.51 a barrel. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is your Bloomberg Real Estate Report. I'm Denise Pellegrini. The housing secretary doesn't want big banks to have to worry so much about being penalized from mortgage lending errors. Ben Carson says the agency wants lenders to get more comfortable about financing lower-income borrowers without being sued by the federal government. Bloomberg's Joe Light. They can have a down payment of as little as 3.5%, but a lot of lenders have pulled back from the program over the last few years after facing what they describe as kind of onerous penalties. Something Light says has been costly for U.S. banks in the past. Alleging that they committed fraud on these loans. And so the idea here is to clarify what sorts of mistakes could lead to those fraud charges and heavy penalties, what what kinds of mistakes will have smaller penalties or no, no penalties at all. Carson says the changes would allow lenders to avoid penalties for immaterial errors that aren't intentional fraud. And that's your Bloomberg Real Estate Report. I'm Denise Pellegrini. This is Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. It is indeed. Corey Johnson here in balmy, 86 degrees San Francisco. Carol Masser back in New York with Janet Just rub Warren. it in, will you? Johnson. Janet Warren with us. She's our Bloomberg News high-earned reporter and keeps track of things like endowments, which is a really good thing to have when we actually find out how the endowments are doing. So, Janet, let me ask you, how are they doing? Well, compared to last year at this time when we were talking about negative returns, they're doing pretty well. Uh, not only positive, but about 12.7% investment return for the fiscal year. Well, uh, they must be happy. Tell me, uh, what are you seeing in terms of investment trends when you look at kind of their portfolios and, and, and where they're... Two where words, they're... <laughs> global equities. And if you look at, you know, the stock market high today, you know, these endowments who have been doing well... Uh, either uh, investments in U.S. equities, global equities, um, as well as, you know, long-only funds. It's looking pretty good. Well, so to that, uh, what are they doing that's that's working here? I mean, what we, when we were having this conversation last year, we were also talking about them making some big changes in allocation and where they were putting money. Are we seeing that the, those changes have been made or are they still in the process of making it? And are the returns a result of those changes? Well, I think it takes a long time to steer these ships, especially with these multi-billion dollar endowments. So maybe they had a smaller allocation to hedge funds over time. But this is really their their allocations to equity, to I should say public equities. Um, the, the winner so far has been tiny Grinnell College in Iowa with a return of about 18.8%. And their chief investment officer, who's actually uh, on his way out to lead the endowment at Washington University. You know, he's just talked about uh, his equity funds. 
and that is really what gave them uh, very strong returns this year. They don't have a lot of equity funds, um, and uh, you know, as he told us before, instead of investing with fifty equity managers, Grinnell has six, and with each each fund, they tend to own five to fifteen stocks instead of one hundred. And Grinnell was also the leader a couple of years ago with the same kind of strategy, and uh, it's it's been very good for them and it's interesting the schools that have a higher allocation to you know public equities have done better this year and if you look at the schools that traditionally have you know been chart topping such as a Yale they were below the average uh, endowment and you know more than half of their fund is in alternatives hedge funds and uh, private equity Grinnell College Grinnell College That's where Robert Noyce went to school. He's one of the founders of Intel. Yes, and you know who was on their uh, investment committee for many, many, many years? Corey, do you know? Uh, Herbie Hancock? Warren Buffett. Ah. So they've always had this. That's my next guess. Wait, how does he, how do they get him to be on it? Herbie Hancock also went to Grinnell College. But I'm sure every school would be like, Warren Buffett, what are you doing? Well, this was many, many, many years ago. Um, and he had a relationship with the, with the member of the board of trustees. Uh, I believe his name was Joe Rosenfeld. I may have gotten that wrong. Um, a relationship from, you know, the Omaha days. Mm -hmm. And he invited Warren Buffett to be on there, uh, a trustee. Again, this was decades ago, and and uh, and and they're still seeing the benefits. And it's a big endowment, right? It's a couple billion dollars. Oh, uh, it's almost two bil- two billion dollars, but it makes it one of the wealthiest uh, liberal arts colleges in the United States. So, if I go to the ENDO function, right? That's the endowment function. Yes. So that shows me the most up-to-date performances for universities, or what does it show me? Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, we're still getting numbers in, okay. and as, uh, you know, schools report, and as we get these numbers, you can see all the way to the left, it says, I'm sorry, all the way to the right as of 6-17. So the m- most updated um, oh, okay. data is as of 6-17. And there are some schools that close their fiscal year at the end of August, so we may not have their numbers uh, for a little bit, such as uh, Northwestern or Emory. They close their books a little bit later. But there's Grinnell. There's Grinnell. And, uh, yeah. So you and I and Corey, we've talked an awful lot about university endowments, right? And we know over the years people have gotten, uh, universities have gotten more into alternative assets mm-hmm. and the like. So is this like a smackdown to say, look, what's just happening with plain old stocks or what? What is there? Is there a, a bigger, broader message here? Well, um, endowment managers will tell you that, uh, you know, this doesn't happen every year where equities are leading the returns and they invest uh, in other things like uh, hedge funds and private equity to help insulate them when the stock market isn't booming. And as we saw last year, you know, a place like Yale had a 3.4% uh, a positive investment return when the average was negative 2%. And, you know, they talk about their diversification strategy and their... Protecting them on the downside. Yeah. And also, you know, their manager selection. And, uh, you know, they, David Swenson also came out with a with a, a report, uh, their annual endowment report that said, look, if we were in index funds, we, we wouldn't have had the same kind of value uh, to cr- creating billions of dollars for the endowment. Um, interesting times too, in, the, in that you know we that the the typically these funds will lean more heavily on value investments, or at least some portion. And value is so underperformed uh, in this market. Well, also, um, you know, 
you were last year at this time you heard um chief investment officer saying we're expecting a long um an era of low returns and they are looking for yield in places and i i don't think they would have expected a year ago that the the returns would come from a stock market mm. well you know <laughs> take a look at some of the stories that you put out and and the team uh texas christian endowment right they had to write down some mineral rights um and that uh I don't know, was that $51 million? I mean, there's some of these alternative assets, right? Not so alternative, actually. Well, and we've talked about mineral rights, and I, I think, uh, you know, what happened there, that was a way that they have, you know, done their accounting. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to take a write-down, this is probably a year to do it when the average return is almost 13% that yeah. you can actually f- afford to take that write-down, where imagine la- if you tried to do that last Soften year. Soften the blow a little bit. Exactly. Um, but, you know, look, we're four months into the fiscal year and, you know, the stock market keeps roaring. And if it, and if it comes up like this, you know, perhaps you'll see another good year. And the other interesting thing is we're seeing some new record high values. You yeah. Know, some of these schools are the richest they've ever been. So, uh, do we think their, their endowment emissions might change or they're, they're putting money to work? Another drumbeat we've heard. It's about 30 seconds left. Um, you know, I, I think they're still going to be spending at the same rate. Um, you know, they didn't charge more intuition when they lost 25% during the recession. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to, to watch because those mm. tuition um, increases are still going to still going to happen, even though they're at record high values. Thank you very much, Janet Lauren. Lauren, Janet Lauren is our Bloomberg News higher education reporter uh, in New York. Glad to have you. And yeah, interesting you. stuff. And it means a lot. Of course, it matters so much because those. Those endowments put so much money to work with so many of the funds that, of course, are, are, are govern the world of finance. Yeah, check out her stories at uh, Bloomberg.com and also on Twitter at Janet Lord. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Masser, Corey Johnson. <laughs> 